You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 502 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam joined by Jill as always. Jill, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. And I'm very excited because uh, something that's become a little bit of an annual tradition for us. I don't need to you know, bury the lead. You're going to see the, the title <laughs> of this episode. So people are going to know what we're going to talk about. But uh, today is our best audiobooks of 2020. And we don't just say what we love most. We bring in the professionals. So once again, we have Robin Witten from Audiophile Magazine here joining us today. Robin, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. And I'm glad to be doing this again, Adam and Jill. It's always fun. Yeah, like, like we said at the, right at the beginning, we listen to a bunch of audiobooks, but you guys at Audiophile Magazine, you listen to like all the audiobooks. So yes. you are the definitive voice in this. So we appreciate you, you being here with us. Well, it's, uh, it's quite something when we sit down to try to select our best of the year because we're trying to find maybe five or six titles in uh, nine different categories. And um, that sounds, you know, reasonable, except that we've reviewed 2,400 books this year. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, there's a lot of winnowing down of things we loved and how to find, you know, what we think are uh, the five best in these different categories. Yeah, I feel like those would be really interesting. Like, do you ever have like all out fights about ones where people <laughs> are just like really, really want it, but it's like number six or something and you <laughs> try to like convince you? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we do we do sort of lobby each other for different ones. And sometimes it's for different reasons. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, really a passionate uh, title for one of the editors that they really want that title uh, to be on the list. And sometimes it's for it could be for another reason of um, a, a particular interest in an author um, and or what the actual our reviewer actually said mm -hmm. um, they had the passion for it so okay this, yeah we hadn't really planned on asking about this but I am also super interested in this and I'm thinking about it a lot because um, for, for people who are want to know we are recording this like the day before it's going to come out so this week or last week the NPR the concierge the book concierge giant list came out and I know they kind of have like a point system and there's like a ton of people that like that are involved with that but you guys have a staff so like, is it I mean, in normal senses, I normal. I think you'd probably meet in person, but like now, is it just kind of like a like a Zoom conversation ongoing? How does this work? Right. Well, you know, we have we have all the we don't we don't um, 
uh, select anything we haven't reviewed, Mm -hmm. which is interesting this year, because I'll just mention this, because we have sort of an honorary best of the year, um, uh, the Obama uh, book, because it wasn't out when we were picking. So, you know, we can think, yes, it's going to be wonderful. Everyone's going to pay attention to it. But if we hadn't reviewed it, it's not eligible for our list. So, um, and that is, you know, we really hope that sometimes we can get early copies of things to make sure that we've, we've been able to listen to all as many books for of the year uh, as possible. But uh, we also have the system where our reviews are given uh, earphone awards. So exceptional titles are already have been designated as uh, you know, special to be listened to, recommended uh, most highly. And so we, we start with those. And then we also look at titles that, you know, are likely prospects, but might not have gotten earphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go through, you know, in, we have these lists, we try to, we actually sort of pick favorites each in each category and then have the Zoom conversation to see what are the, you know, what's the balance mm-hmm. um, and interesting, something that's that we can get into. But we we don't really think of the overall category in some ways. So there's a couple of things surprised us when we were done. We looked at like the uh, teen uh, YA titles. Um, three of the titles on in that group are in verse. No. No. Oh, yeah. Actually, you're, I, I just okay, I just clicked yeah. on it. You're right. They are. <laughs> so we I we didn't think of that ahead. I mean, you might have said maybe we shouldn't have so many in verse, but it just happened that just happened, there were yeah. three. Yeah. Huh. Um, that's super. I'm also impressed because you mentioned and then we'll get to the books in a second, everyone, I promise. But this is like a fun <laughs> behind the oh, scenes. Stuff for it me. is. I know. I'm also thinking so you guys as reviewers so when people just for people who understand when like jill or i get put on a list for publishers to send us books it, they base it's their reviewer list like there's not really a difference between like their podcast list and their reviewer list and i imagine you guys are like the reviewer list as well but i'm impressed but how you for you guys because not as many advanced audiobooks are available as like advanced books and so i imagine that has to be somewhat challenging for you guys to find them as soon as possible to get reviews? Um, well, we do. And we, we work, you know, with the publishers to get uh, uh, as many as we can ahead. Um, and then the other piece of it is um, that's a little different from you getting a title is that, you know, they, they come to audio file and then we make an assignment match. Mm-hmm. So I have to then look at the title and think who, which one of our reviewers is going to be most interested in this, do the best job of reviewing um, and make that kind of hopefully a great match. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can get to the book. I'm sorry. I feel like this is, no, 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 that's not you. This is, I feel like this is like for Jill and I. I know I started it. I was like, please tell us how it works behind the scenes. Yes. Well, we can, we can, we can edit it and move it over. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm keeping it in. I'm I'm keeping it in. That they'll, they'll like this. If 
Before we get to the books on today's episode, I want to take a quick break to talk about today's two sponsors, both of which are going to be great if you are as stressed out about life as I am. So the first up is our friends at Headspace. Life can be extremely stressful, you know, even under normal circumstances. Uh, it's no secret that 2020 has challenged even uh, the best of us out there. And you want to figure out a way that can help you provide stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Um, I use this especially uh, this past weekend. I was getting pretty down and a little bit depressing about the holiday season. We had our first big snow here in Cleveland. And I was getting really sad thinking about the holidays, knowing that I'm not going to see any of my family and I'm very likely not going to see any of my friends either. And I started getting really stressed out and just overwhelmed about, um, you know, everything going on in the collective 12 months that this year has been. And so I used Headspace's three minute SOS meditation, which I've been doing frequently. And it just kind of helped me get back to neutral and be able to, you know, function more uh, comfortably. You know, I also struggle with sleep all the time and they have wind down sessions that uh, I absolutely swear by. Uh, if you are a parent, you can even do morning meditations with your kids. It's a nice way to start the day and help them kind of get their mind in place as well. If they're, you know, doing homeschool or school from home or, or whatever is going on in your life, it's just, there's a million different ways to use Headspace to calm down, to reset yourself, to help prepare yourself for the day, to wind down at the end of the day. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits and over 600,000 five-star reviews. I am one of them and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash PBN. That's headspace.com slash PBN for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. You're going to want to do this. It's such a wonderful thing. One last time, this is the best deal that they're going to offer. Head to headspace.com slash PBN today. Our other sponsor today is our friends at Theragun. I love, love my Theragun so much. If Headspace is helping keep my mind right, Theragun is helping keep my body right. Uh, the stress of daily life, as I said, weighs on all of us. So whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle, muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all new Gen 4 Theragun has proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's even on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. I love my Theragun so much. I just mentioned that you know we had our first big snow here and I thought it would be fun to go for a, a run when it was snow just about up to my knees. And so when I got back from that run, I had muscles hurting in places that I had completely forgot even existed. And then right after that, I took a shower and then I spent two hours reading in really funky positions. And so on top of all this soreness that I had from running, I've got all these weird sorenesses from reading in weird positions. And so I pull out my Theragun and in just a few minutes, I'm able to 
you know, relax and massage my muscles and get my body back to feeling, uh, you know, much, much better. And I don't have all those kinks and sorenesses and things. Theragun is just a fabulous tool, whether you're going out and, you know, lifting weights in your garage, going for a run, or you're sitting in a strange seat all day working from home, which is, you know, seats that aren't meant for uh, spending all days like that. You can try Theragun for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com PBN right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com PBN for just the best tool you're going to have. It's going to make your body feel so fantastic. Again, one last time, theragun.com PBN. Okay, so before right before we started recording, you told us, so for everyone who wants to see the fullest, you can go to audiophilemagazine.com. That's where you've got all, what was it, 50? 50? Books, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, as, as you mentioned before we started recording, we're not going to do 50 books today. This would be a, a six-hour podcast because it would be very long. Um, so do you want to kind of tell all of our listeners what you just told Jill and I, sort of how you wanted to highlight a few today? Right. I mean, we just to say to give a framework uh, for the list, there are the different categories. So there's fiction, nonfiction and culture, memoir, biography and history are in the same category, uh, mystery and suspense, sci fi um, and fantasy, children's and family listening, young adult and romance. So those are the categories that we've got um, separated up. And uh, when I was kind of trying to figure out what we're going to talk about today, I thought that two of the things that have been really uh, important to listeners this year, this crazy year, um, are audiobooks uh, that are a good escape from whatever is going on in your world, in your life, in your disrupted schedule. And the other uh, category of, of uh, audiobooks is, is, are the ones that give us uh, perspective on all the cultural, uh, political, and uh, topics that are important to our world, mostly nonfiction, although not you know, some of them are dealt with in fiction, but so it's sort of to the, you know, the real world and uh, the escape. So that's kind of how I, I have a few in each in those two categories um, that are on our best of the year list. Jill and I to a T at the beginning of the pandemic where I was escaping and she was like doing lots of deep dives <laughs> into real world stuff. It's so funny how you had no way of knowing that, but it like aligns with us perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, let's start with the escape, okay? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, so one of the ones that I particularly love this year um, is an escape to Paris with uh, All the Devils Are Here, the Louise Penny mystery, the Armand Garmache uh, mystery that is set in Paris. This episode is set in Paris. Um, and... <laughs> It just has, there's a, she writes about food quite wonderfully. She writes about the sites in Paris and it's really a excellent mystery. Um, this Robert Bathurst is, uh, you know, has been doing this series for quite a while. And we actually have a long uh, interview with Robert about doing this series on the audiophile podcast coming out at the end of this week. 
um, which is quite fun. We've never actually talked to him before. So his perspective on the Louise Penny series. So that's a good escape. Um, uh, oh, just to say, I, just to kind of comment, we'll just, you know, we'll throw in our, our yeah. banter here and there. Um, I do love when the same narrator, you know, does like a whole series because it is really strict. It's some, something you would think about. And I said, Jill, I see you're shaking your head yes to like, it's very jarring when a different narrator picks up the series and you're just like, wait a minute, what, what is this? Yeah. So I do love like what you said that it's been the same narrator the whole time. Like, well, actually know. they had a, um, they, they had a crisis in this particular series. We don't have to, we can keep going, but there was a, a, a narrator who started the series who um, died, unfortunately. I mean, and, and so he, they had to have a new, they had to have someone mm -hmm. pick up the series uh, after, you know, I don't know, 10 or more. And Robert Bathurst, uh, it was very dicey, I think, at first, whether mm -hmm. he was going to be, whether the fans were going to like him. Yeah. But, um, hmm. So that, he had, and he talks about that in, the, in our interview. Um, and so here's another kind of an escape uh, idea. We can go to uh, 1912 with John Muir's journals on his vis visit to the Yosemite Valley. And so this is very interesting because this is not our world today. Um, it's called the Yosemite. And um, interestingly, which I didn't realize until I started listening to this, is that John Muir um, retained, he's Scottish, and he retained his Scottish accent. So when I heard the narrator who is Scottish and has an accent, I'm thinking, whoa, this is interesting casting. But then I kind of got it after that. <laughs> realized that was why he was cast um, because Muir he's you know it's reading from the journals and his observations mm -hmm. so that's a that's quite a a, a a departure from our world um, and the other one that I particularly liked also is um, uh, Vesper's Flights which is a series of essays by Helen McDonald who is the author of H is for Hawk. Mm -hmm. um, these are a little different. Um, they are mostly personal essays of different kinds. She's a naturalist and a, um, a, a science historian, which is interesting. Um, and she's just an acute observer and she reads her own essays. So these are read by mm -hmm. the author. Um, but in a way that was particularly beguiling and charming and just, you know, you suddenly are in the world that she is seeing. This You are three for three with uh, audiobooks yeah. I have not listened to. So I'm very excited <laughs> about this. You're, you're doing what we usually do to other people, which is just piling on my TV yeah, really? right now. Oh, man. <laughs> I do love, but I, I also love when... Uh, when a author is capable of narrating their own, especially yeah. when it's essays and things, um, I feel like you can really get where they're coming from. Like um, Jill read Lindy West's book earlier this year, so then I listened to the audiobook, and like that's another one. Just I love, 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 love when it's like you can just like feel their passion behind the essays. Oh, absolutely. And this, you know, you can feel this passion for the natural world, um, mm -hmm. and just 
it's a great escape. But, you know, also on the list is another uh, group of essays that uh, is spectacular, which is Zadie Smith's Intimations, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which you may have already talked about, but those are very different because they're very content, much more contemporary. But, you know, she has a very powerful um, storing, storytelling presence, mm -hmm. I guess you'd say about yeah. her own work, um, which is, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And I think, Joe, do you remember, I, are these ones she wrote like during the, yes, yeah. like during the during, pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's a nice segue, I guess, to our, uh, <laughs> our audio books uh, that are about the real world. And, you know, Zadie Smith, as I said, the in, in, intimations um, is just a, an inspiring group of essays, I think, um, you know, of her observations, of her passion um, and her insight. Um, really, really beautifully done. Yeah, I think I think she does a really like better than just about anyone else, like modern day commentary on mm -hmm. society and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's she's definitely like, one of the defining voices of our time, I think. And and interestingly, I think um, there's a there's a uh, quite an appetite right now for some of the short shorter form uh not uh, essays, just like listening to an essay and then having some time to think about it, um, which I think is a little bit like our podcasts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, you may not, you know, you may not be uh, have a long car trip <laughs> mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, extended time. And so you take that, you know, half an hour to listen to a, a piece of an, a chapter or an essay within an audiobook. Well, I think we had talked about this, um, Adam and I, uh, at some point over the last nine months about how, <laughs> like reading a book is hard right now, you know, like having that attention span, um, even audiobooks like that, you know, like having to focus on the story for that extended duration with essays, you just it's very, you know, narrow, it's small, it's a short snippet that you can do in yeah, half an hour and you have a complete mm -hmm. tale right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that um and actually i I'm, I'm just trying to think while we're talking how many of the title there are quite a few titles that are like that um there in are, our list yeah, yeah. yeah um so in in these you know important topics and uh audiobooks that we need as part of the real world i think um john meacham's tribute to john lewis um his truth is March marching on is a real standout. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's just a, it's a great tribute. It has so much um, real heart to it. And I think J.D. Jackson, who is mm -hmm. one of our favorite narrators, just does a brilliant job with it. Yeah, that's like exactly what I said, extremely timely. And not for nothing, I know that it's not really like an audiobook thing to talk about covers very often, but I love the cover of that one of them um, mm -hmm. you know, marching over the bridge. Yeah. yeah I, yes. So. Right. I, I know people don't normally think of covers when they think of audiobooks, but that one, it, it really stands out. Oh, but uh, you know, what we sometimes do miss is that in a book like that, it probably has lots of photographs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, which is not usually in, in you know, attached in t into the audiobook version. Yeah. But, um, but you can always, you know, you get it from the library and you can listen and look at the same time. So yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I, and there are some 
I know a lot of audiobooks they'll say like they'll provide at the beginning or like maybe in like in an appendix like here's a website where you can get the PDF mm-hmm. of all the yeah. images and things like that. So they've yeah. they've definitely come you know gotten much better at that. But I I am certainly guilty of if I'm reading an audiobook or listening to an audiobook a lot of times. I won't always, I'll just in my mind be like, well, I wonder what that picture looks like because I'm going <laughs> to not go look it up, I know. But. <laughs> well, these John Lewis uh, photographs, I think, are worth looking at. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think probably, I know you've talked at some point during the year about Jason Reynolds stamped. <laughs> yes, we have, but, but by yeah. all means. Let's, no, but that's, well. you know, that's another one that is, um, if other people have heard us talk about it and thought about it, you know, this is a time to think about that. Jason Reynolds is so active with young people and, you know, he's he's amazing. We saw him at the National Book Awards. Um, as a host, it was, you know, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I was actually, I was really, really lucky. Um, I interviewed Dr. Kendi over the phone and then I interviewed Jason Reynolds in person. I drove to Indianapolis at this year is so hard to remember when was where and everything. Wow. But we were actually at a school um, and we, I got to ask him a bunch of questions that the, the students asked ahead of time. And it was, it was wonderful. And he's certainly one of those people. I'm so glad that he does a lot of his own narration because he is one of those people where his voice, you know, he's like one of, he's just like him. You know, I think of like Neil Gaiman, like I said, Lindy West, like these people who just, he has this voice and this rhythm that the way he writes, it, it would be, it's challenging for other narrators to as accurately portray how he can portray his own words. And yeah, this is certainly one where I read the book and then I also listened to the audiobook and the audiobook is just like he puts such passion into right. all of his work is writing it he's mm-hmm. sorry now I'm gushing for like the 13th time this year about Sam <laughs> it's so good um so it, you know another uh, here's a book that is on many best lists this year but will stay an important one for all of us is cast Isabel Wilkerson's uh book that is read by Robin Miles and I think that's probably a good example of you know if uh the book in print is a little bit you know am I going to take this on right now Robin Miles's narration of of cast uh, absolutely brings you into it through it mm-hmm. with a great deal of passion and astute um, timing and understanding of what uh, what the author intended. Yeah, completely. Yeah, uh, yeah. We whenever I forget what month this came out, but this was definitely on our monthly picks list. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, and uh, I think we had mentioned the warmth of other suns and at an earlier point in a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then for something that uh, when this came out, it was in the middle of the fall when all the wildfires were (laughs) taking over California. And this is fire in paradise, um, which is uh, a, an amazing story about the town of paradise, but also a look at fire science and climate Mm. change and, um, you know, so a lot of the the nonfiction around uh, the the event, but also it is full of really beautiful personal stories and accounts um, about the people of paradise. Um, and and this uh, is read by T. Ryder Smith, 
who is a narrator. I don't know that you've talked to or listened to. Um, he has been narrating for many, many years. I had the chance to talk to him for the first time um, uh, last week, two weeks ago. And he talked about doing this book and how um, he how he prepared for it, how he really thought it through to give the balance between the personal accounts, which totally um, involve you as a listener, and yet to be able to balance all of this fire science and um, documentary um, events of about about the fire and and also the the perspective on on um, you know, fire, wildfires and, and mm. what that means. Yeah, that, this I just keep going back to I can't get over how many of these you're talking about that I have not listened to yet. <laughs> I'm so excited because I listened to a ton of them even this year. And I'm still like, wow, Robin yeah. keeps pulling up books I've not I yet read. And I look at the list, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to put all of these on hold. Great. I know, <laughs> I know. It's so good. Um, Sorry, were there other ones you want to talk about, Robin? So those are those are a few in those two categories. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I I have a couple others. Um, now here's one that I don't know whether you've listened to a most beautiful thing, which is the story about the high school rowing team in Chicago, mm -hmm. the, the first all black high school rowing team. I'm not. So, I'm not. That sounds so, really good, though. So it, I think that the book is not brand new, but the reason that it came out is because there's a documentary called A Most Beautiful Thing that mm. is narrated by Common. And it is about the story of this team. Um, the book uh, is is was written by one of the team members, Arshay mm. Cooper. Uh, and, you know, this is the west side of Chicago uh terrible situations family homes violence all kinds of things challenging these kids um and for many of them they had never seen a rowing shell they mm -hmm. you know many of them have uh, you know seen maybe the chicago river but yeah. you know not um even contemplated uh the idea of rowing and it was you know in a almost exclusively a white sport um so when they introduced it to the high school some of the team members came because they gave free pizza <laughs> They gave free pizza to come and hear somebody talk about rowing when they mm -hmm. had. So they introduced the idea of rowing. Um, they had a, a female team and a, and a man and boys um, in these two, I think at least two boats. But this story is quite, quite an interesting um, uh, memoir really about uh, Arshay's time and then his how working as a team with these other kids, you know, all the challenges that they had um, and then how that experience helped him go on to be now a motivational speaker and write this memoir, um, you know, and really inspire other students um, that, uh, to, to really think of the possibilities of what they can do with their lives. Oh, Very, is, really cool. Yeah. This. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, and it is read by Adam Lazar White, who is maybe a narrator who you might know. Um, 
he does a beautiful job. Um, the Arche wrote this, you know, n- not as a he's looking back, so he is a mature man. Um, but it's all about high school, so mm-hmm. you know, Adam Adam has to do a lot of street talk and the kids and everything else, but also bring along this whole concept of the uh, mature. Uh, man looking back with his, you know, what, what went on? How, how did this, why did this ever work in the high school? But it was pretty exciting. Mm. That is such a unique talent to speak like a person younger than you and not sound like it could be very easy to sound like corny or cheesy and just like, and come off as unauthentic. Yeah, that is, yeah. I think it's a talent people probably don't think about when thinking of people, you know, reading books to them. Right. And, and, you know, it really, um, it's just, it was a, one of the audiobooks that st- stuck with me. I mean, many of these are, you know, great. We can recommend them, but there's some that just like this really, this really mm-hmm. stayed with me. Um, yeah. Was there, I, I'm just gonna let you keep going if you, if you got more. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. we love it. Oh, well, you probably <laughs> talked about the Sandman. The Neil we, actually, Gaiman. we actually didn't. So most of the times when we preview stuff, um, we, focus on like brand new things that are coming right. out so we i know that the it's also to be just to be honest it's an audible one i believe so i don't think our systems have right. it but i mean we can talk about it it's sandman mm-hmm. which people can access anywhere so go <laughs> ahead yeah well just just that it was um the the backstory of it was so interesting because uh, neil and um uh, Dirk Maggs, mm-hmm. who is a British uh, director and, uh, you know, audio adapter. I mean, you know, he worked with Douglas Adams to do all the Hitchhiker's Guides. So, you know, he's he has done these various kinds of audio drama for years right. and years. And then to get the chance to work with Neil um, to bring the Sandman into an audio space uh, was was pretty exciting. Yeah, and I think I saw Neil tweet this week maybe that it was something like 30 years ago that the first Sandman book was released or like that he first wow. started right. It was something where it's been like, oh, it's been three decades or something along those lines of like since this story kind of started ruminating and come into existence. So yeah, it also made me feel older than I realized. I was like, oh my gosh, it's been alive that long. Well, it's, you know, it's had, I guess it's had sort of many lives and now in audio, it seems like it has a whole new, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a new kind of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I always like to, you know, talk about audio dramas because they are a whole different sort of uh, thing from a single voice narrator. Right. Yeah. Love, love. Uh, the one I always go back to is, and it didn't come out this year, but the His Dark Materials one. And <laughs> That's Jill, a good one. You, you've probably have, been watching yeah. the new series. So. I have. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. But yeah, the um, there's an audiobook version where it, um, Philip Pullman is like the main narrator, but yes. then the whole rest of it is a cast. Yeah. I feel oh, yeah, like I, we may have talked about this like every yeah. year that it comes because I just love it so much. <laughs> Sorry, everyone who's like, yeah, we get it, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. And same thing from Audiophile. It's probably the top of the list of everything. Yeah, you know, what should wonderful. I listen to? Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, were there more? Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Were there, were no, no, more? there, you know, that, that, uh, that was a, that's a good introduction. You know, yeah. if I hit ones that people have never heard of <laughs> before, that's Absolutely. kind of fun. Yeah. 
I will say, um, just for people who have been listening throughout this year, as I kind of scroll through, there's a, there's a few, um, Kent State by Deborah Wiles. Uh, we had her on the yes. podcast earlier in the yeah. year that that is such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book. And, um, Mexican Gothic is on here, which I know Jill. I love, love that book. Yeah. Right. Oh, Jill, we have an interview with Frankie Corzo, oh. the narrator also coming nice. out, uh, the end of next week, all about her work, you know, a big, uh, a long interview. So awesome. I'll yeah. be on the lookout for that then. Um, just like scrolling through really quickly. Uh, Deacon King Kong is probably going to be in my best of list. That is such a wonderful book. Um, and I listened to the audiobook there. Yeah. The, just remind people, if you go to audiophilemagazine.com, this whole list is there and it, it's so good. This is like such a powerful, <laughs> wonderful tool. Like I said, between this, this coming out and then immediately after it, the NPR book concierge list coming out, like, <laughs> Yeah, I've just been over almost overwhelmed with like, oh my goodness, look at all these wonderful books. But yep. you guys do just such a wonderful job with this list every year. Yeah. Well, we try to make it fun and different and very, you know, really audio centric because there are lots of other lists. Um, and this is all about what we get that's sort of extra and special when we listen as an audiobook. I think that's always important to us. So yeah. before we let you go, this really quick, do you ever listen to an audiobook that's like not come out that year? Because having to do, like you guys review so many books, like, do you ever find yourself having time to be like, I'm going to listen to a book that maybe came out 10 years ago or something? <laughs> Well, I do. Ha I do have a few that I well, I listen to. They're not brand new to me, but I think, oh, you know, I'm just going to uh, re-listen to something. Um, and you know, I have some. Uh, you know, I'm a big mystery buff, so sometimes um, I'm listening to something maybe that we've reviewed or you know that's I missed in a series that I hadn't listened to. Mm -hmm. um, that this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm always just curious about that because I feel like for us as well we're always previewing books for every single month and i've told people like we don't always get to the, to read them right away but it's right. so many of the books i read are like 2020 releases because we have mm. to talk about the newest thing it's i almost feel guilty if i'm like so this book came out in 2012 but it's still a good book it doesn't yeah. mean it's not a, well right. it's, it's new to someone you know, yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean that 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 was interesting about a most beautiful thing, because I thought, wait a second, they how could this? I I don't even know when the actual print edition was published, but by coming into audio a little bit with a little bit of a time lag or because of a certain thing, um, that it's you know. It, it becomes more relevant even when the audio comes out, even though the book might have been older. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, well, just as a reminder, everyone can go to audiophilemagazine.com and there you can find this full list and you can subscribe to your guys' podcast, which comes out every day during the week, correct? Right, correct, right? We do just talk about one book. So you're not going to put not 15 or 20 was people are trying to remember what we were talking about. We're just talking about one book a day. Yeah. And this um, is a reminder. Yeah. I just said this beginning. Our, all of these books, I'll, I'll, we'll put them in our show notes so people didn't have to skip furious. We, we try to remind people at the beginning, but at this I point, we've said it. All out, right. So. Um, well, this is wonderful. Robin, as always, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it was great, Adam and Jill. Always fun, always interesting. And, uh, you know, who doesn't love, uh, we love talking about audiobooks, so... 
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.